horses are at the gate. And they're off. Welcome to Winning Ponies. With the weekend coming up, this is the spot to be for news, handicapping, and spotlights featuring the winners behind horse racing today. Now, here's your host, John Inglehart, racing's regular guy. All right, so glad you joined us, and I want to hope that everybody had a happy and safe Thanksgiving. I don't know what I'm going to do to burn these calories off. I already walked the dog twice a day, and I'm sure not jogging anymore. Uh, I, I gave up uh, jogging because it just your beer spills all over the place. It's 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 you know not worth the effort, but. Uh, no, I hope everybody had a good and a safe one. And uh, as we're rounding third and heading for home on this uh, this vaccine, I hope we all have a uh, a good, safe holiday season. Uh, it's great to see college basketball back. But what's even better is that in these times of isolation, we can turn on a television and see racing just about anywhere. So if anything good came out of this deal... Um, I think it's the, the, the fact that, uh, racing got, got so much exposure. I mean, uh, that's, that's a, a definite plus. So, uh, you know, when you're sitting at home, I don't know whose account you're on or whatever, remember to pull down those easy win forms, uh, from winning ponies. Uh, let's see, uh, just uh, yesterday had a nice hit at Charlestown. And it was a $1 pick six that paid over $3,200 with the easy win form. And the day before at uh, Mountaineer, uh, we did a $1 super key that returned $1,700. I'm not going to bore you with all our success. You can go over to winningponies.com and check out our results. Uh, We update them every day. Well, who's going to be on the show, you ask? Well, uh, a guy that uh, I've watched and become friends with over the years, G.D. Hieronymus, um, is hanging up his director's uh, chair, I guess you would call it. Uh, He's... Uh, he, he's been the director of broadcast services for Keeneland for, I believe, 20 years now. And uh, just d- does a fantastic job. And uh, he, uh, uh, you know, just uh, he's everywhere. And, you know, I don't know how many times I get that, that Keeneland's won the, uh, the top award for uh, uh, production of their simulcasting, but it's probably got it written down someplace. Uh, seven times they've won the International Simulcast Award. That's quite an achievement. And uh, he's also, he won the Eclipse Award in 2004 for uh, uh, local television achievement. Uh, I'll, uh, you know, we, we'll, we'll talk about some of his uh, achievements as we get into the interview. But uh, GD is hanging it up and he's going to call it retirement. We'll find out. I'm sure he's going to stay in contact with Keeneland and make sure that it's a, a seamless transition to whoever. It'll be interesting in finding out who that is. And then this weekend, you want to look at 
Aqueduct. That's right, the Big Apple. And uh, we've got four graded stakes races we're going to look at. Um, a couple of them very, very evenly matched. A couple of them got horses that you got to have a target on their back because uh, they're uh, heavy favorites. Um, but the, So who do we reach out to when we go to the Big A? The Big A. Anthony Stabile. That's right. Anthony Stabile from Horse Racing Radio Network is uh, is going to join us, too, uh, to, to kind of describe what it's like uh, being at Aqueduct during the winter and uh, his experiences uh, growing up on the backstretch there and uh, the many, many jobs that, that he's worked uh, at Aqueduct and in, in racing itself. So um, the 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 biggest of them all is going to be the grade one cigar mile handicap. And then uh, we're going to look at the grade two Demoiselle. That's for two-year-old fillies. And then for two-year-old boys, we've got the grade two Remsen. And we're going to round it out with the flat mile gopher wand handicap. All right, that's the menu. Let's get into the stories because we've got way too many of them to report. Well, uh, as I just looked over my shoulder, I got a text from my buddy Ed Meyer, who I'm sure has forgotten that at this time I'm usually on air. <laughs> Anyhow, he's working uh, as a racing official at uh, Turfway Park, and uh, they just opened up last night, and uh, the Tapita, Tapeta, you say tomato, I'll say tomato. Looked really, really good, uh, at least on my television screen. And uh, so they opened up last night. Now, uh, racing at Turfway is going to be conducted uh, Wednesday through Saturdays. Now, that's until uh, just after the first of the year, January 3rd. And then it's Thursdays through Saturdays. Uh, and they'll go right up to March 28th. Uh, now, uh, each night, will consist of eight races with the first post of 6.15 Eastern time. Of course, the uh, Jeff Ruby Stakes, uh, which is a 170-point prep race for the Kentucky Derby, will be held on March 20th. Now, um, what uh, Churchill's doing is promoting, you know, this uh, statewide circuit. And so a lot of the trainers that were stabled at uh, at Churchill are going to be at Turfway Park now. So if you follow those, I mean, uh, you know, who's hotter than the hot right now? Brad Cox uh, won a race last night. Kenny McPeak won a race last night. Hall of Fame trainer Mark Cassie is there. Uh, then you go out to some of your, uh, your, your basics like uh, Jeff Greenhill and Wesley Ward has made home. At, uh, at Turfway in recent years. So uh, it should be very interesting, especially uh, with the safety of that track throughout the winter months. Uh, guys are going to be looking for opportunities. And uh, so it, it's simulcast only. Uh, Ed's been sending me photos. And basically, uh, you know, those uh, infield uh, party tents, uh that they have at Churchill. Well, uh, Churchill, who now owns Turfway, brought them up and installed several of them. And that's where the officials are working. I think there's three pods uh, from what uh, the I can make out of the photos that uh, Ed uh, sent me on my phone today. So uh, anyhow, you, you won't be able to go. I do believe owners can come in 
watch their horse run, and then leave. That's the extent of uh, you know participation by by spectators. But uh, like I said, you know, Churchill's now closed, and uh, the, a lot of them are, are going to be sticking around. So uh, some of the other names I probably didn't mention were uh, Buff Bradley's going to be there, uh, Rudo. Ulf Brousset, Neil Howard, Eddie Keneally, and then uh, as far as the jockey colony, uh, Chris Landeros is going to be there, Rafael Bayerano just off a grade one win at Churchill, Declan Cannon, John Court, Edgar Morales, Joe Rocco Jr., and uh, so most of those guys are going to be there at least through December, and then they may decide to go uh to uh, hot springs a, a lot of them uh, do that uh but you're going to see some really top top people so take a look over at turfway park and sharpen your handicapping pen and pull down those easy win forms that's right now speaking of churchill downs um, when we last uh, went on air i was telling you about how many uh that turf races were going to be canceled through the end of the meet and uh, looks like they're going to invest 10 million dollars to install a new turf course, uh, they're going to have uh, the, the 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 project's going to provide an additional additional racing lanes, so you can get more uh, you know, horses in the fields, um, and uh, the uh, uh, they're hoping that the the surface they're going to build will allow for even more turf racing because it has become so popular. And it seems like a lot of the sire lines are becoming more turf oriented here in racing. So, um, it's, uh, going to be, uh, put in right after the completion of the 2021 spring meet, uh, ready for racing to resume at the start of the 2022 spring meet. Uh, and again, a lot of it, uh, it's the growing conditions. They have to be favorable to make sure that the roots get down. Yada, 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 John, come on. You, 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 this isn't your business. You don't know anything about landscaping, but I do know that you need the root system to get down. So the course doesn't get, torn up so uh churchill downs making up more investments all right real quick now woodbine canceled its final three weeks of racing due to covid restrictions uh now uh no racing at Golden Gate Fields until the day after Christmas. The, the Grinch is stealing that. And uh, let's get to some uh, race results. There were so many of them. I'll try to get to the top ones. Uh, of course, the Clark Handicap. It was Bodie Express. That's right. The horse named favorite, uh, famous when he dropped Johnny V in the uh, Preakness Stakes last year. But uh, he's always been right around there, but he never just seems to really nail the door shut. And But he he got it done. Uh, he was pressed the whole way from this big long shot, 155 to one, uh, phantom, uh, courtesy. Uh, but then, uh, Bodie express maintained his position right through six furlongs of the race. Then Mr. Freeze took over for, from phantom current currency and Bodie express just ranged up on the outside with favorite code of honor and held him up off and uh, it was just so good to see uh, Rafael Bayerano uh, grab a grade one it, it's been a little while uh, he's relocated from California back to uh, Kentucky and uh, I just uh, I love the guy he's, he's great um, 
All right, other big races. Uh, there was uh, the, uh, the the Comley in, in New York, and that was Mrs. Danvers, who's a great daughter of Tappet, trained by Shug McGahee. Yeah, that's right. Uh, what's she worth as a broodmare right now for upcoming Keeneland sales? All right, Sunday, I'm trying to work backwards here, at... Uh, at Del Mar, it was a grade one matriarch, and that was Via Dara with uh, Joel Rosario in the saddle, put in a huge, strong close. Now, this horse trained by Chad Brown, bred by Judd Mott. Remember Bobby Frankel? Judd Mott now has seven wins in the grade one matriarch. Then also out on the West Coast at Del Mar, uh, we got to go on the grass in the Hollywood Derby. That's right. Chance for the three-year-old boys on the grass. And the winner in here, domestic spending, the British bread, trained by Chad Brown, ridden by Irad Ortiz, roared from off the pace to get the job done. Also out at Del Mar on Saturday, it was the Seabiscuit Handicap. Count again, taking that race at 8-1 to one and uh, put in a really strong, wide rally. Very, very impressive. And then at Churchill Downs, we can't leave the babies out of it. It was the Jockey Club Gold Cup. This one for the boys and the winner in there. Keep me in mind, last to first, by that Red Hot Sire Leia Band, who's moving from New York uh, to Kentucky. And then on the girls' side of things, it was the Goldenrod. And the winner in there, of course, that was off slow. I didn't think he had a chance. But that got off the rail in the stretch after saving ground because she had to. And Brad Cox. Gets another graded stakes win at Churchill Downs. All right, we couldn't report at every race because the show's only an hour, but we're going to spend oh, some time with a great guy that's had a huge impact on racing. His name is G.D. Hieronymus from Keeneland. So let's take a little bit of a break. You're listening to Winning Ponies, and I'm John Engelhart. Streaming live. The leader in Internet talk radio, VoiceAmerica.com. And they're off. What? Can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with WinningPonies.com, the home of the easy win form, the most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry, let WinningPonies.com make some money for you. Pick, bet, and cheer on live racing from Woodbine and Mohawk Park. Thoroughbred and harness action. The wagers are just the beginning. Watch award-winning broadcasts covering both breeds. Incredible battles contested over the most unique grass course in North America. Experience the full fields with over 130 thoroughbred and 160 live harness days. Get access to free handicapping material and join the ranks of Woodbine and Mohawk Park players from all over the globe. For more information, visit woodbine.com. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in your brain inspired really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. You're tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, John Englehart, racing's regular guy. 
The phone lines are open and are toll-free, 1-866-472-5788. Or send us an email at show at winningponies.com. John and our guests are looking forward to hearing from you. Have any tips or comments you'd like to share? Any questions we would be happy to answer? Contact us. Now, back to the show. Winning Ponies with John Inglehart. All right, and with us now is G.D. Hieronymus, who's an Eclipse Award winner. I told you at the top of the show, and uh, the Director of Broadcast Services. I'll tell you what, when he gets a job, he sticks with it. Uh, he started his career uh, back with, uh, with Hammond Productions, and I believe he worked there for 19 19- years when that place was a, a a fledgling place where we could finally see some racing on television so he worked 19 years and then he goes over and he works 20 years at the uh, what i always say if racing was a religion keeneland would be the vatican gd hieronymus welcome back how are you doing doing great john and it's so good to to talk to you and hear your voice again we got a little history ourselves going back, and I'm going to take you back just a little further than the Hammond days, and that's to Channel 18. And my first uh, time I walked through the gates at Keeneland was 1979. Uh, I was still in school at UK, and I was working as a sports photographer in sports and news, and Tom Hammond, I went out to cover the Toyota Blue. It wasn't the Toyota at the time, but it was the Bluegrass Stakes, and the winner was Spectacular Bid. And yes. at that time, Channel 18... Uh, did an hour-long feature, live show, produced out there. Uh, I can tell you, recall the days and exactly where the control room was. And, of course, I was just a kid camera operator, 19, 20 years old, um, at the Bluegrass. And, of course, I'm in this magical place. And I formed a relationship with Tom Hammond that, uh, you know, he was a uh, he was the sports director there and began to uh, he was at reading pedigrees already at Keeneland and uh, decided to form a company to specialize in equine production. And uh, I was fortunate that uh, the first guy that he asked turned him down to go shoot Tom Gentry yearlings in uh, one summer, and I was the second on his list. So, <laughs> you know, things Good just fall into place. And uh, he decided to start a company, and uh, I was his first time jack-of-all-trades, and it's just escalated from there. Well, uh, just so you know, I was at that very same race that you were at covering. Is that uh, right? Yeah, I was there. I got, I got some crappy photos to prove it. So, uh, yeah, but we grow, we get better in our art, you know. So yeah. uh, did you start as a still photographer or were you oh, no, no, no. Video- I was a videographer? I was a videographer. I actually started when I was still in high school in Somerset, Kentucky. Uh, I've got a photo I'll send you one of these days of me in a control room. I used to sign on a little TV station, a cable station, TV8 in Somerset, Kentucky, when I was still a junior in high school. And um, my next-door neighbor had the Burnside Comex cable. Hell, I didn't know what I was going to get into. And he said, do you want to come? And I had a good work ethic from my parents. And uh, he said, do you want to come and work at my TV station? I said, well, sure, it sounds good to me. <laughs> and that's what got me in television and video. And I came up and went to community college for a year and then came up. And I, Roy told me, he said, you go get your degree. You can come back to Somerset and run my radio, TV, cable off. And I said, that sounds good. Of course, I got to Lexington and never looked back, you know. <laughs> but uh, 
So yeah, I mean, you just you just never know, you know. You just keep your keep your blinkers on and keep working hard, and uh, and things are going to happen for happen for you. And that's what uh, that's what I've done. Well, you know, one thing, GD, I'm a little bit worried about you in retirement because <laughs> you could easily put on a hundred pounds. I don't think people have any idea. Did you ever wear one of those pedometers? When you worked a day at Keeneland, let me tell people because GD won't pat himself on the back. This guy, you put your head on a swivel. uh, As you may or may not know, I worked there for eight years with uh, Pat Lang, the photographer. And uh, he he was in the paddock. He was in the jockey's room. He's out in the winter circle. He's talking to the guy at the finish line. He's coordinating the, the, the trophy awards out on the turf course, and he's pointing to guys, and he's talking to people. Uh, you know, he's, you know, it was just, I mean, you were everywhere. Now, again, it was only a couple months a year that you did all the running around, but when that live meet was going, GD, you were friggin' everywhere. Yeah, you know what? It's, it's what I love about Keeneland and what I love about racing and I love filling that place full of people and those were the days of the race days and the sale dates and even once upon a time when we had simulcasting there I actually liked that because it brought the fans it brought the players out and I could communicate with those guys you know and um, but yeah I put a lot of miles in there and um, I love it when the when the place is packed full of people and and um, I love, I've been fortunate to, co- to cover so much racing. And of course I get to Keeneland and, and they've been good and good to me to, to allow me to go and, and work out and help the Breeders' Cup on their events and their shows or, or the KTA and the, uh, the Tobo Awards or Derby Trainers Dinner or the T Awards for Darley. And so I've, I'm a, I'm a busybody, you know, I'm not going to stop and I, and I don't. And, and I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna stop now. I get. You're right, though. Whenever you think about retiring, you go, "All right, what's going to happen the next day?" And I, I've got so much going on, and uh, and on the horizon. I'm I'm really looking forward to it. I've, I'm just saying goodbye to the day-to-day operations of my broadcast department, which I'm so proud of. I've got ten full-time employees, and and it wasn't even a department when Nick Nicholson hired me in 2000. So. I'm proud of the way I'm leaving it. I think it's in great hands, and I'm going to continue to consult for Keeneland for a few years, and I've got uh, a few other projects on the horizon. You know, I've got to admit, you know, I've been up at that control room, and I've and I've seen the team, but if if you if you were the general manager, I don't think you could have had a better head coach than Glenn Gremion. No, there's no doubt, no doubt. And I, actually, I got on the phone with Glenn today. Uh, simply because I'm working on a little fishing trip down to Louisiana, so I needed to talk to my my Cajun brother. There you there. go. And Glenn uh, Glenn started in the early '70s with Gauger Video, and yes. started CCTV for Keeneland. And you know, I was I got to know Glenn in the early '80s in those Hammond days. Uh, Keeneland would hire me to come out and film the Queen or. When Elizabeth Taylor was there, or these big stake races, I've got I've been so fortunate to cover everyone from, like I said, spectacular bid to Forty Nine er to you name it, the champions that have come through there. And Glenn was with Gouger all those years, and you 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 got a great you know you get a relationship with Glenn, and that's going that's that's a lifetime, as you know, yep. Glenn very well. And when Glenn, when Nick Nicholson uh, called me in two thousand and said. 
he want what he wanted me to do. I was a little nervous because this is Glenn's gig, you know. But Glenn right. just opened his arms up and said, "I love having you here and give me some direction." And he, so it just he, it just never stopped. And he literally opens his arms up, and, and and you touched upon once you become friends with Glenn, and it doesn't take long. You are friends for life. Now, Absolutely. when I went down to the work at the fairgrounds, his uh, <laughs> his, his father owned Bozos, uh, which yeah. was an oh outstanding Cajun restaurant. And so, uh, my my first night there, he said, "Well, go to Bozos. I'll give you give those guys a heads up. You're coming." So, uh, I lived out in Metairie, and that's where Bozos. I walk in, and the first guy I see is Buddy Delp sitting at the end of the oh, bar, yeah. <laughs> having some drinks, and and they treated me like they knew me for a life time and it, 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 he's such a deal. marvelous guy same with me you walk in there and there's there's trainers and owners that you go from kentucky and from all over it was the popular place it was the place and and, and the food was so fresh and uh to meet bozo and it was just so special and uh they, they just treat you like you're like you've been there forever now, being there for 20 years during this period of technology, I mean, you had to pretty much probably uh, stay right on the cutting edge of what's out today. Is there a new camera? Are there better televisions? Is there a better way to do this? How do I improve the sound quality? Um, what was it like during that 20-year span? Because that's really when things got stoking right. as far as right. audio visual. I really changed course, uh, John. I went from being a uh, production person for producing commercials for Keeneland, special events, um, and, and really working on not, not as much live production unless someone hired me be a camera operator or producer director for a live show all of a sudden i'm i'm in charge of the simulcast signal so you know i watch a couple of race meets and of course i've been following racing and watching simulcast products forever because i'm a player as well and and i went in and i told nick i said nick this is what you need to do i mean we need to really turn this thing over to more of a live program and a feature program and let People need to get engaged with the horse and the participants. So it wasn't as much as just graphics and, you know, a, a, a few shots. So we, we developed a lot of things at Keeneland that is, the, you know, the, the, the ultimate form of flattery is when people are, are, are mimicking you and doing things that, you, that you've instilled. And I look at simulcast signals today, and there's a lot of things that we developed at Keeneland I'm so proud of that are carried on today. So and and when you think about the technology, you know there was only a pan shot and a and a tight shot and you know not really much paddock coverage and not really much wireless cameras and so many things. So immediately I just started you know uh, working on how can we make Keeneland the best signal ever. They've always been the top track, best horses, top trainers, jockeys, but their signal back in two thousand was really not not really much to to look at so that was my challenge and along with go along with the technology goes with the layout of how you want to show this place and I joke I joke around that Keelan hired me to make pretty pictures at this place and you know it's a it's a national historic landmark so <laughs> not much of a challenge there I can point a camera pretty much in any direction but you know what I'm you know what I'm saying though when you're in a sports book in Las Vegas and you're watching California and New York and Florida and, and Kentucky and all these signals, 
and you go, who's got the best signals out there? Well, it wasn't Kentucky. So I'm really proud of what Kentucky looks like now, what Keeneland looks like, and and what we've developed. And along with that comes the technology. Uh, HD was already uh, being was already around for several years, and and racing had not embraced it. You know, no one had embraced HD, and I was like, we've got to we've got to be we've got to get get it in gear and and, and invest in this. So we started that in 2006, and by 2008. Were the, were the first full-time HD production in racing in North America. Well, everything you just stated led to uh, receiving the International Simulcast Award seven times, GD. Uh, that's uh, quite an accolade. Uh, but you don't need a resume anymore, you know. But well, I'm uh, proud any, of that. I'm proud of it. And, and when I got there, uh, I, I didn't even know about the award. Uh, and honestly, the first couple of years, I would have not even entered our signal. Um, but after that, it was a it was a uh, objective. I said we're going to be the best, and with the team, uh, including Glenn and so many others on my staff, and so many uh, uh, such a great a group of folks in this regional market that are freelancers that came on and um, have continued to work for us. Um, um, really helped build that signal into what it is today. Uh, absolutely. But, you know, you all of a sudden I, I started noticing panic shots, and I'm like, wait a second, he can't have eight cameramen. So I think, they, <laughs> didn't you install, like, robotic uh, cameras that would That's follow? That's correct, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, we, we did. And then, you know, it's it came to – it's so much. You want, you want to show that horse, and we have an obligation to the player out there we can't just provide them with the data in front of them and their PPs and the graphics. We've got to show them what the, this animals, these animals are looking like. And, they, and the, the, what, that, what that horse is exhibiting when it gets out and gets on the racetrack is what we want to show. And uh, too many simulcast signals, even today, you could be 12 minutes into, the, uh, into their coverage before you see a shot from the paddock. I'm going. I know that those horses are there. There's 30 right. minutes between a race. As soon as a replay's over, forget those commercials. Forget just the graphics promoting the pick five. We want to be on horses, and that's what we do. And um, that's just something that I will, I will. I know my team will continue to do. Um, you know, we 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 started that with the Breeders' Cup. If you've watched the Breeders' Cup Player Show, now obviously we have a lot of obligations with commercials and sponsorship but we've got to show the horse and um, it's, 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 it's our, it's our uh, obligation to, again, the players and, and the owners and the participants. And it was it heightened even more this year when you think about no one being able to come out to the races except for a handful of owners. So uh, we really paid attention to it in our short July meet this October, as well as the Breeders' Cup. Well, uh, GD Hieronymus, I, one pet peeve I have uh, about simulcasting, and I want to, uh, I'm going to start a uh, uh, a drive to have you become the racing czar. And the reason I'm saying this is nothing drives me crazier than to see during a graded stakes race or just a really good race, the other premier track in the country doing the same damn thing. Can't we have anybody say, hey, 
uh, take a minute behind the gate because they're running the bluegrass at Keeneland. Is there any way of getting that? We, we, we talked about it. I think you were with me when we were out at uh, in Arizona at the symposium, and that was one of the topics. Is like, how can we stop stepping on each other? Nobody wants to give in. Yeah, you're exactly right, and I will uh, commend Gulfstream. As you've probably seen it in the media here recently, uh, now that Aiden Butler's down there uh, from Santa Anita, is down to Gulfstream, and at least for this meet, this upcoming meet, they're the ones that have dragged a whole lot, okay? Um, Jim Goodman, who is our simulcast coordinator, uh, who I've worked with for years at Keeneland, works really hard with, uh, with New York uh, and with any other track that's running during April or October to coordinate post times, and you've got to do that because not only are the fans deserving of that, but, you know, ownerships, trainers, everybody across the board. And the Jockey Club's done a decent job with trying to help manage that. Uh, now that Gulfstream's on board, I'm hopeful that this winter and leading into the spring that we're going to see things better coordinated. You know, as you know, they, they might have a post time and, you know, you might look up on the simulcast and it'd be 10 or 12 minutes of post. Well, you know that that thing went going off for 20 minutes. And, you know, there's, there's certainly, we certainly have to understand that there are challenges. There's going to be a delay because of uh, an objection, an inquiry, an incident that's always going to push those post times back. But you can't just hang those numbers yourself. You've got to monitor the rest of the, uh, the nation and what they're doing and work with each other. And we've literally been on the phone with a New York or with Arlington or even with Florida sometimes, and, and especially with Santa Anita late in the afternoon, coordinating some minutes and, and letting them delay a few minutes to let us get our race off or vice versa. And there's just not enough communication, and we've got to be better at it. All right. Well, you know what it's like uh, doing uh, live television. I've got live radio, and uh, my producer's telling me i got to uh, no, keep an I'm eye. No, I'm not done yet, John. <laughs> all right, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to blow no, off East Appeal, and instead we're going to continue our conversation. <laughs> hey, GD, man, listen, you've been a pleasure to work around all these years. Uh, yeah, I, I respect you to, to the utmost, and I'm sure our paths will continue to cross over the next decade. There's no question. There's no question, John. Thanks for having me on. All right, ladies and gentlemen, G.D. Hieronymus, Eclipse Award winner, uh, pr producer, and a, a guy that's been very, very good for the game and, uh, you know, has, has made, uh, you know, Keeneland the one that we hold up for everybody else to try to do as well as. Well, uh, I want to thank G.D. for being on with us. I'd go through his list of awards, but we'd be here until 10 o'clock. Uh, so, uh, GD, thanks for being on the show. We're going to take uh, a, a quick break. When we come back, we're literally going to the big A. Anthony Stabile from Horse Racing Radio Network is going to be with us.
Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com. And they're off. What? Can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with winningponies.com, the home of the easy win form. The most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry. Let winningponies.com make some money for you. Pick, bet, and cheer on live racing from Woodbine and Mohawk Park. Thoroughbred and harness action. The wagers are just the beginning. Watch award-winning broadcasts covering both breeds. Incredible battles contested over the most unique grass course in North America. Experience the full fields with over 130 thoroughbred and 160 live harness days. Get access to free handicapping material and join the ranks of Woodbine and Mohawk Park players from all over the globe. For more information, visit woodbine.com. Follow the Voice America Variety Channel on Twitter. Our hosts always have something to say, and we know that you do too. We tweet on today's hot topics, and you're welcome to follow us. Speak up and join in at Voice AM Variety. That's at Voice AM Variety. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. You're tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, John Inglehart, racing's regular guy. The phone lines are open and are toll-free, 1-866-472-5788, or send us an email at show at winningponies.com. John and our guests are looking forward to hearing from you. Have any tips or comments you'd like to share? Any questions we would be happy to answer? Contact us. Now, back to the show. Winning Ponies with John Inglehart. All right. As I told you at the top of the show, we've got some uh, graded stakes action, a quartet of graded stakes races at Aqueduct this week. And who better to reach out to than a guy that literally grew up on the backstretch uh, at Aqueduct. Uh, That's where his parents met. Uh, and he's done everything from a groom, hot walker, jockey agency, handicapper. And something I just recently found out about is he's going to be calling uh, the races off and on at Aqueduct uh, throughout this uh, cold weather stretch. Anthony, tell me about uh, the schedule you're going to have as far as, uh, I, I, don't, I don't know if you're backing them up or if John Everell's going on vacation. Well, when, when can we hear your dulcet tones over the microphone? Hey, John. Yeah, Johnny, I was getting some uh, well-deserved time off this winter. Um, and I've actually <laughs> been doing some announcing here at Naira for uh, the last couple of years. Um, started uh, less than two years ago, John, uh, Frank. Miramati was here for the for that fall meet, and uh, Frank and I are very good friends. and became really close, and he found out that I, since I'm a kid, I, I never say little kid because it's a lie. Since I was a young kid, <laughs> we'll put it like that. Um, I always wanted to be a racetrack announcer. That's where I wanted to be, and uh, he found out I had. We were talking one day in the booth, and I found out I had never called a race, and asked me if I wanted to call one, and I called the second race on December thirteenth, two thousand eighteen. And two days later, 
was downstairs in the Naira Betts office, and Johnny and I came in, and he said, uh, do you want to do this? And I was like, all I've ever wanted to do. And I, I don't think I realized I didn't, didn't tell a lot of people that. Um, my idol growing up, uh, growing up, my idol to this day is Tom Durkin. So, yeah, Johnny and I got me, Frank got me in the booth. Johnny and I kept me in there, and uh, I called a handful of full days before, uh, before the COVID-19 shut us down. I actually called the first card in New York without fans on uh, Friday the 13th back in March. And, oh my uh, God. Yeah, John, Friday the 13th. Yeah. <laughs> John's going to take some time off this winter. So I got, uh, I'm going to have like uh, between 15 and 20 days in the booth. I'm looking forward to it. That is awesome. That is awesome. Now, uh, were you one of those, uh, kids that, uh, you know, turned the volume down and kind of called the race on your own or, uh, did you I ever did. take forward some of your, uh, uh, calls to see how they matched up after the race was over? I never, I never really recorded anything because I always had mom or dad there to, uh, to listen and critique. And, uh, you know, my folks are great parents, but they never pulled any punches either. So, you know, <laughs> slow down. You didn't. And, and I've, you know, uh, I had a gig at Mohegan sun in Connecticut calling these, uh, electronic horse races, if you will, a bonus right. slot dollar game. I did that for three years and it was a lot of fun. It's a, it's, it's far more fast paced than the real thing. Um, but yeah, it's always been my dream and, and, and everybody, uh, Eric Donovan, Tony Alavato, Dave O'Rourke, everybody, they're letting me live my dream. And of course, you know, Frank got me in there and Johnny, I, uh, keeping me in there. So, and it's an honor to, you know, a legend like John Embryo. John's a legend, uh, here in New York. I mean, across the country in horse racing, guys, a legend, but I mean, here in New York, he's the, you know, if you want to, if you want to model yourself and mold yourself after one person, both as a, as a, as a, person and as a worker and nobody's more hardworking than Johnny. I. Well, I I've, uh, <laughs> have had to call like a couple of races in my life. Uh, in, in one case, uh, at river downs, uh, Kevin Gomer got stuck in the elevator and, uh, he used to screw with me a lot. He would like be down the hall with the stewards and I'm looking around a lot of times he'd go, Hey, uh, put him on the track for me. So I'd put him on the track and, uh, but so he would he would be down in the steward's office, you know, looking at him, memorizing him, stuff like that. And meanwhile, I'm sweating bullets. It's like one minute to post, and he's not around. And I'm looking. I'm like, oh no. And you know, I realized a lot of times he was screwing me. Well, this one day he wasn't. He got stuck on the elevator. And all of a sudden, I realized, shit, they're loading in the starting gate. And uh, I remember there's a horse in there called Do What You Do, Do Well. And uh, this oh, man. The, <laughs> the fastest horse. He was so fast. Well, he, I figure, okay, I'll just nurse this. It's like a six-horse field. Won't be a problem. He stumbles coming out of the gate. I'm like, oh, oh man. crap. And now, don't forget, Anthony, I, I wasn't expected to call this race, so I I just had to wing it. And there were other times, you know, but but people would always go, oh, man, can you believe he called that horse that he was inside when he was outside? Or you, you, you've heard all the crap people say. And oh, believe me, some, I've heard it all. <laughs> In this day of social media, you hear it all, believe me. Oh, even worse. I never thought about it. But I'll tell you what, the first thing Kevin say is, hey, I'll tell you what what that's that's a good point i did miss that call on the sixth yesterday why don't you come on up and call the first tomorrow <laughs> he didn't have yeah, yeah right tables. exactly 
And he, he had one taker that was so bad, he turned around him at the half mile pole and pointed to the microphone and like, take it, take it. <laughs> People I had a guy not- criticize me on radio um, about, you know, about hosting some of the work, um, stuff on HRN and how I don't pick enough winners. And I said, you know what? You can handicap the 14 races we're going to cover um, next Wednesday and you can come and you can do the show with me. And I, I cleared it with my bosses and he lasted 20 minutes and said yeah. he didn't want to do it anymore. So yeah, yeah, I was an on-air handicapper and people come up and, you know, cause I was right out there in the grandstand, you know, and they'd come out and say, Oh, big deal. $7 winner. And I'm like, Hey, if you saw $7 lying on the floor there, would you pick it up? You know, and as you know, it's not just about picking the winners, you know, it's about, it's about making your point and getting it across. And, you know, that's why I think Andy and I have so much fun on talking horses every day. I have a great time with Bobby on, on race day on HRN and, and all the other programming. So, it's not just about picking the winners. It's, you know, it's not about memorizing the field when you're going into the starting gate, when you're calling a race, it's, you know, then you have to actually uh, execute. And uh, like Mike Tyson once said, everyone has a plan until they get punched in the face. I think everybody <laughs> thinks this is a, I think everybody thinks what we do, um, you know, is just easy. And listen, we're fortunate and we're blessed to be able to do it, but you know, there's a there's a a talent to it. There you you gotta have uh you gotta have an ability to, to manage time and, and, and your co host and, and so on and so forth. And you know, when you're in the booth, uh, Dave Johnson, legendary race caller, always said sure. it's the toughest race, it's the toughest sport to call and it's the greatest sport to call because every race is unique. Every single one of them. And, uh, you know, like you said, stumble. I, I thought uh, the first race I called back today for the first time in two months, I had the main speed stumble on me. And you kind of know, you know, when you're handicapping the races, you kind of think, try to think where everybody's going to be um, when you're calling a race. And then the speed stumbles and you got to, she becomes the story a little bit more because now she's rushing up and now she's on the lead. And Yeah, but it's a lot of fun. It's all, it's all a ton of fun. And we got some well, great racing this weekend. Uh, Cigar Mile wraps up the graded stakes action in New York for the year. Well, speaking of that, uh, let's take a look at the card. There's some There's some that appear to have standouts, and you're almost like, uh, I guess this race, I just got to figure out who I put underneath. And and then there's there's other ones. There's, there's one race with a short field, but practically everybody in the field's five to two. But anyhow, we'll, we'll address that as we get go. We'll get into a bit of the handicapping portion of the show, uh, starting with the the main attraction, uh, four thirteen on Saturday, the Cigar Mile Handicap, a quarter million up for grabs. Nine are scheduled to go uh, in the gate, and uh, your your odds maker is telling us that uh, uh, Performer and Forens Fire uh, are the two that you need to to beat. Uh, but um, I'm certainly not you know going to make a cold exacta because I mean. T- tell me I'm not crazy, but um, mind control, 20 to 1. This is a horse for course, has four wins from five outings, almost a half a million dollars at, at Aqueduct. I know he hasn't had a stellar year this year. Of course, he's made over 200000 But I'm just saying, 
um, if you could put a line through the, the Lafayette where he had to go all the way down to Keeneland to race, I'm not saying he's going to win, but a 20 to one, he, he's alive in there. It, it, just as Snapper Sinclair is at 20 to one, you know, these are horses that I think should be part of the conversation, but obviously I already named the top two performer and friends fire. How do you paint this picture? You might not even get a chance to make that cold exactly you were talking about. We're supposed to have a good deal of rain in New York starting tomorrow night, right around the, right around uh, the time we wrap things up at, at about 4.30 here at the Big A. Uh, it looks like there's going to be a good deal of rain. I'm talking about uh, well over an inch, between an inch and two inches. In fact, the European model had us getting up to five inches at one point earlier oh. this week. Thankfully, they've backed off of that a little bit. So... I, Kelly Breen has kind of indicated that if this track comes up real wet, I don't think we'll be seeing Ferenc fire in here. Um, and if that's, if, if, if that's, if, if Kelly is, uh, is true to his word, which he know ordinarily is, I, I don't think we're going to be seeing Ferenc fire in this cigar mile, which will make performer, uh, an even more overwhelming favorite and deservedly. So, you know, he's coming, he comes into this race, John off of, uh, just one race in, close to 11 months and it was really workmanlike uh some people think uh on paper it looks that way i gotta tell you in person it was flawless so he handled the muddy track which will bode well for his chances on saturday and uh, you know he has positional speed probably won't be in front in here from the inside draw you got horses fast horses like mr buff in here let's see what king guillermo does off of the long layoff um True Timber always shows some speed. So I think there's some pace on him here. Performer to me, this will be his coming out party. He's a, a, a good-looking son of Spike Town. I'll pay him the ultimate compliment. When you look at him run on the head-on, he looks a lot like Easy Goer. He's a wow. chestnut. He, he looks a lot like Easy Goer, my favorite horse of all time, and one of the best horses I've ever seen. He's a big barrel-chested chestnut. And he looks a lot like Easy Goer, and you know what? I, I don't know. Easy Goer was a was a unbelievable talent. This horse is a talented horse. It's five for six. His lone blemish was his debut at uh, at Aqueduct, going six furlongs back in November. Uh, you know, two years ago. So obviously, Shug's had some problems keeping this horse on the racetrack, and he's had feet and an ankle uh, like Easy Goer, and. When he runs, though, when he shows up, he's just—he's been nothing short of brilliant in his last. I would say his last five, really, in his last three starts, though, he's been very, very good. And I—I I feel like Saturday's his coming out party. I don't think he's going to have a problem with the likely wet track. And quite frankly, I don't think he's facing the toughest bunch of horses, especially if Forenze Fire comes out. I think Mister Buff, who. Man, man, talk about a, a good-looking horse. Big, big son uh, of friend or foe for, for John Kimmel and the Bromans. You know, he's tough as nails. He's another horse. You want to talk about a horse for the course. He absolutely loves it over at the Big A. In his career, he's won 8 of 13 with three seconds for almost a half million dollars. He missed a buff on the front end, uh, refining his form from late last year and early this year might be performer's biggest uh, opponent on Saturday. 
All right, that is the Cigar Mile Handicap we just talked about. Well, let's go to one of those races where I said that there appears to be a standout, but uh, no such thing as a sure thing. Uh, the Demoiselle, this one's for two-year-old fillies. Uh, it's a grade two, and you're going to have to help me here, Big A. Malathat, another one of those Chadwell uh, horses I can't pronounce, uh, has been installed as the four-to-five favorite. And deservedly so. Uh, her maiden race and the win last time out and attempted, she was, uh, you know, she was as advertised. With that said, I think she's facing a couple of nice fillies in here on Saturday, namely Billy Mott's uh, Meal Floyd, who has run twice at a mile. She got beat by a, a Chad Brown first, her first time out, and then came back and toyed with some maidens in her second start. I mean, she, she, she won very nicely in her, in her second start. And I think she'd probably be the one, if I were the connections of Malathal, uh, she'd be the one I'd be most fearful of in here. You know, quite frankly, uh, and Cafe Society are coming back and she kind of handled her easily last time that, uh, Malathal, she handled her pretty easily, Cafe Society. Uh, you have a couple others in here. The, the two I would be most fearful of would be Neil Foyle uh, for, for Mott and Judd Mott and Joel Rosario. And Malibu Curl, Tommy Albatroni's horses have all been running well at the meet. Uh, this Philly broker maiden, second time out at Saratoga. She should handle a wet track. She's bred by curling out of a Malibu moon mare. We haven't seen her now since closing weekend at the spa, so you're looking at a three-month break here, but her pedigree, wet track, stretching out. Tommy's horse is running well. She wasn't too far from the lead when she broke her maiden, stretching out to seven from six furlongs in her debut. I think Malibu Curl might be the horse at the price, um, along with Neil Foyle, uh, could give uh, Malathot some fits on Saturday. All right. Well, Big A, keep an eye on your clock because I'm down to one minute to post. Let's go to the Remsen. This was a race I alluded to earlier. Not a big field, but damn, they're evenly matched. Yeah. No agenda will probably be the favorite for Todd Fletcher and John Velasquez. He holds a, t- a strong hand in the two juvenile races. This was one going a mile and an eighth. In fact, three of the five horses in this race have uh, have been around two turns, which is important. Picking time won the Nashua. Uh, pretty easily for Kelly Breen last time out at a big price, nine and a half to one. I think known agenda is the goods. Another one, another son of Curlin. Uh, shouldn't mind a wet track. He already went the eight front, the nine front longs at Aqueduct. So uh, I like known agenda and it should be an interesting run since it's only a field of five, but I, I think it'll be a good race. All right. Well, Anthony Stabile from Horse Racing Radio Network. I love talking horses with you. You're my kind of guy. Thanks so much for joining us here on Winning Ponies. Same here, John. Uh, Give me a call soon. And uh, if I don't talk to you before then, have uh, have a great holiday season and a happy and healthy new year to you and all your listeners. I will be in touch. I want to thank G.D. Hieronymus for joining us and for our producer, Josh, for hopefully getting me out right now. Come back next week. You're listening to Winning Ponies. Thanks for listening to Winning Ponies with John Englehart. 
We hope the information from today's show will benefit you at the next post. Join us for more insight next Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Variety Channel. Also, look for our weekly newsletter. Have a great week, and may your photos always be winners.